Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. Welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith Cawthon Green, and you are listening to season two, episode two of the War in the Spirit podcast entitled Increase Obedience and Surrender. And so today we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to share a broadcast of a Facebook live video that I did recently, and I brought on some of the people who are close to me in my spiritual walk. So you're going to hear their testimony of obedience and surrender and how it has produced for them in their lives today. So I brought on my spiritual brother, Marcus Coleman, also my husband, coincidentally, Marcus Green, and my pastor, Pastor Jonathan Richardson of Faith forward church so stay tuned first we're going to talk about breakthrough um and in that season uh, we were talking about how to produce breakthrough in your life the things that you need to know um the posture that you need to have in order to produce a breakthrough in your life and when we talk about breakthrough we talk we're, we're talking about stepping into the next level of what god has for you um, and, and the, the true prosperity of God and the true purpose of God for your life. Um, and so we finished that season and the season that we're in now that we've turned over the new year is we've been talking about increase and um, what's necessary for increase, things that we need to understand in order to experience increase, um, things that, that, that we need to do, how we need to move, how we need to posture our heart in order to experience increase um, in our lives. And one of the things that I was talking about on the last podcast was um, increase and how sometimes we have to really surrender everything to God in order to see the true increase and the true prosperity that he has for our lives. If we surrender one thing, what, what happens is we might elevate in that area of our lives, but then there's an imbalance that's created. So let's say I surrendered, you know, for my purpose, but I didn't surrender my marriage or I didn't surrender my family. Then what happens is that purpose begins to tug and create tension between my purpose and, and, and the self that I am with my family. So we need to surrender everything so that God can create the balance, alignment, and the true prosperity um, for our lives. And then the other thing that we talked about was how sometimes we hold on to something and we need to open our hands to God and just give it to Him. And so, you know, we, we're looking for God to give us something more. We want something greater. We might want a, another job. We might want to see a financial increase. We might want to see relational increase. Uh, we might want to see spiritual increase. And sometimes we're clenching to what we have so tightly um, that God can't do anything with it if you're continuing to try to hold on to it and continuing to try to control that thing. So when you open your hand, not only do you give it to God, you also open yourself up to allow God to give you something. And so sometimes when we clench our fists, 
um, we're holding on to lack. We're holding on to a place that's below what God truly wants us to have. But when we open our hands and we say, God, I'm giving it to you. And I trust you to do what you will with my life, that you will align me to the place where you have for me to be. And, and that will bring me into, into the true prosperity of God. And when I say prosperity, I don't necessarily mean money. It could be money, but the true prosperity of God is really to flourish in every area of your life. It's not just about money. It, it's about having every area of your life come into alignment. Your job, your career, your purpose, um, your, your, your relationship with God, your, your, your family, your marriage, your, your money, your, your children. Every, God will put everything into its proper place so that there is a balance and that every area of your life becomes prosperous, not just your finances. And so... I've been on a journey myself, learning a whole lot of things about what it takes to see increase and breakthrough in my life. And it's required a lot of surrender. It's required a lot of sacrifice on my, on my behalf and a lot of allowing God to mold me and shape me into what he's trying to show me to be, into a greater level of faith a greater level of trust and so um what i'm gonna do tonight is to bring some other people on so that they can give a testimony of their experiences in god and what they found in their journey um how god has revealed himself to them how as they've been obedient to god how they've seen god show up for them um so those are some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight because i want you guys to understand that um, the podcast is not just me teaching and talking all the time. It's real things. And it's real things that people are doing and they're seeing results in their lives based on the principles that we talk about in the podcast that are in the Bible. It's like real life living the word. And so that's what the point that I, I'm teaching about is how do you live out these words in this book? that God has given us as a manual for our lives. How do you live that out? Not just read it, not just get it in your heart. You live the word, you walk the word, you become the word. And so I want to bring some people on tonight that are going to um, give a testimony and an account of what that looks like in their life. So as I mentioned earlier, the first person that I'm going to bring on is my spiritual brother. His name is Marcus Coleman, and he is actually a producer. We have known each other for a great bit of time. We started doing music together some years ago, and we were doing secular music. And coincidentally, God called us both out of that arena of doing music at the same time, where we took about a six-year break from doing music only to be called back into music by God to do it together and this time to do worship music. So his story is very unique and he's going to come on and share it with you. Coleman, as I was just saying, I would like for you to just share some of your experiences in your surrender to God and and your obedience to God and, and how you've seen God respond to that what you've seen shift in your life as a result of your obedience and your willingness to surrender 
your life to him and what he's revealed to you about your purpose, about, you know, what he wants to do in your life. So I'd like for you to just give an account of what you've experienced. Okay, well, I could start maybe about seven months ago. Uh, I was living in California and something very unique was happening at that time. I was moving under my uh, prophetic gifting while going to work as a security guard. I did that diligently for four years. And in this particular year, I began to start connecting with, with Coffin Green here. And we were ministering to each other and building in reverence to me being a worship leader. Little did I know. But uh, reverencing, using my gifts as a producer to 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 bring forth the new sound to the church. And we would talk about that all the time. Oh, this is going to happen. That is going to happen. Uh, she began to speak faith into my life in reverence to that. And I started to see things slowly but surely. And I began to follow Faith Forward Church where we currently reside at. I began to start to watch them online in California. Little did I know that uh, two months before I ended up leaving, I would end up actually serving at the church that I was watching online. So uh, two months before that happened, uh, a word was spoken to me about me ending up being in Georgia in pursuit of music, but then also in pursuit of my, my next step. I didn't know that it was going to happen so fast. God told me to quit my job. I responded quickly. And just to, uh, to reiterate, it's something about response. When you respond to God in a way, it'll put you in a position to rapidly elevate yourself. When God sees your posture, that's a part of the posture that God wants to see. How quickly will you respond? Where is your, where's the disposition of your heart and where your attitude lies? I immediately quit my job, put in my two weeks notice, didn't know where my next step was. Then two weeks after, before I was running out of my rent money, I got a phone call from an old mentor of mine who uh, I was in the music business with, in which God would tell me to answer the phone in which we had a conversation, so on and so forth, and kind of find out he opened his home to me. And so I had to pray about it, tell him I would pray about it, ended up getting a ticket to fly here, ended up, not, and when I got there, um, I ended up staying. Like God had prompted me that I would no longer be in California anymore. And then that's what would be the beginning stages of me understanding how to be a worshiper. So in the midst of me learning how to be a worshiper, then God would put me in the same space where the what I would call the broken place. I had this, the music business had really broke me down in a great deal. So what's amazing to me is for my healing also was my also my where my identity would be. So he sent me to the broken place so that I would actually get the healing that I need to posture my heart to actually prepare me to be a worship leader, which in turn put me in a position to start serving at the church. I started just serving as arm bearer. I would do whatever I needed to, put chairs together, do the sound, do whatever I needed to. And even in that, again, posture, willing to do whatever I needed to, to serve the church. And I immediately to, began to progress as I was healing and things were, you know, unraveling off of me. God would then be giving me more responsibilities at the church. I went from that to, to doing things with the pastor, holding his oil, catching, doing all these mm -hmm. interesting things that I had never done before. And then it went from that to being elevated to the altar and actually making music uh, for the worship leaders such as Faith and uh, Kidan and Hannah to sing to. Our band would go in and out and I would be the band's step in and I would make tracks. So here it is, a producer making tracks for the church, which is something I've never experienced before. So the to, to break down what she is saying is 
my response in a matter of seven months took me from a security guard to a worshiper at the altar. You know what I'm saying? Uh, in a matter of seven months. So I, I think that right then shows you how God can speed track your situation based on how you respond to him. So where I'm at right now is, so now that I understand that I'm a worship leader, he's also sent me to the marketplace in which I'm currently in position to actually distribute music to people who are actors. I've even, I'm actually doing music with people who are actually reality TV stars. And God has used my prophetic gift as a forefront to minister to the hearts of these actors and these entertainers. And while also using my musical gifts to penetrate the hearts of them that they would become better artists. So my end result is to be a, an executive. God is God wants me to be an executive of my own label. And so I'm, I'm on the first stage of being an executive as I'm working with these two people in the marketplace. They're believers, but they're not at the capacity of which how we move. But here it is. God sending me as a messenger by faith to 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 produce records that would best exemplify who they are and and their deeper the deepest deepest parts of themselves so that's where i'm at right now can i share the part of the beginning of your journey are you okay with yes that? yeah that's fine um, so marcus coleman and i have known each other for probably something like 13, 13 15 years and he was doing music and in secular music and mm -hmm. god called him to leave that situation mm -hmm. and through his obedience he he moved to california he had mm -hmm. no idea what was going to happen where he was going to go how he was going to be provided for and god sent him on a course and he even went through a period of homelessness mm -hmm. and I think the most profound thing about his story is that even in the midst of all of that he's still chased after God. And mm -hmm. so sometimes God will put us in a place to push us to chase after him, to push us to seek him in a more fervent way. And sometimes he'll take us out of our comfort zone. He'll mm -hmm. take us out of what we've been doing just so we can pay attention to him. He'll take us out of the busyness. He'll take us out of our, our daily routine, our agenda, what we think we need to do, what, what we think needs to be a high priority in our lives and take us into a place that requires us to seek him because it's in that seeking that we will find our purpose. It's in that seeking that God is trying to push us to another level, to a level of elevation, to a level of promotion. And so sometimes, even though the journey doesn't necessarily look comfortable, it doesn't necessarily right. look like we want it to look. God is in every single part of it. And sometimes we have to take the leap and do the uncomfortable thing in order to receive the increase. And so, you know, I think he's probably one of the greatest testimonies that I've seen of mm -hmm. that level of surrender that it requires to, to sometimes go to the next level. Now, everybody's story doesn't look exactly like that, right? Right. God will push us to do a thing. And sometimes we have to just be obedient and trust that God is going to provide. We have to go to a place of not staying in the practical that says, God, now 
and I'll tell you a little bit of my story. I quit my job. God told me to quit my job last February. I had no idea what I was really going to do. I had an idea of what I wanted to do, but God had a completely different plan for what he wanted me to do. And But through taking that first leap of obedience to say, all right, God, this is what you want me to do. And if y'all know me, you know, I'm a very structured, got to have a plan kind of person. And I'm like, no, God, like, what do you mean? I don't know where my next paycheck is coming from. You want me to leave this job? And you haven't given me a plan of what we're doing, right? Right. But it was all about taking the leap of faith, just taking the first step to allow God to take me on a course to show me exactly where he wanted me to be, what he wanted me to do with my life. And what I thought, I was in a career that I liked, that I was helping people, that I was impacting lives. And God was calling me to something even greater than what I could even imagine he wanted me to do with my life. And it was, I would never have found it if I had not made the decision to take that first step of obedience to do what God wanted me to do. And so, Coleman, I want you to answer one more question and I'm going to bring Marcus Mm -hmm. on. What do you think was the most difficult thing for you in making the decision to leave? Not knowing what was my next step. Uh, I'm very, uh, like I'm a planner and I I take all the necessary steps, especially when I was in that homeless state, not knowing, like God telling me not to go get a job, but I'm sleeping outside, you know, like. Not I had two people that I was taking care of at the time. It was two ladies that were ministers and they were outside with me. So I'm protecting these two women and I'm I'm trying to find a covering. I'm trying to find I'm like, God, why is why is it that I can't do this or why I can't do that? It was it was very frustrating at first because I'm like, why would God put me in a position like that? But it was so much that I learned just to just break down a few things. There was a lot of fears that I had to face, like. God was preparing me for my wife, and which another reason why I'm in here in Georgia, because my wife, soon to be wife, will be in, is it, she lives in Georgia. But at the time, one of my biggest fears was I was afraid that a woman would leave because I wasn't stable or a woman would leave is because I couldn't provide for them. But here it is. These two women, they stuck with me. And uh, in the pursuit of the things that God was showing me, whatever I brought to the table they were satisfied with and they felt comfortable with. So a lot of my strong fears were broken as I was in that street. Yes, I didn't have a place to stay, but they were with me. Why? Because they felt safe. They felt covered. They felt consoled and and they felt understood. I don't know. It was just very unique how they stuck with me. And so that that broke a lot of the fears of rejection. A lot of things where I felt like I couldn't be a provider. You know what I'm saying? Every day I would go out and do certain things and minister to people. And I never came back empty handed. I always had food. I always had whatever they needed for their products. God used me in a very unorthodox way, not only to be a man where I was, but then also be a man that could be trusted for those those two women who struggled with trusting men because of their past. So that, that was the most difficult time, not knowing what to do or the most common things that um, that I should do. To, to take care of these two ladies. And God was like, this is enough. And it was so weird. Like people would be like, well, God wouldn't make you homeless. No, he didn't make me homeless, but I made a choice to stay out there with these two women who didn't have a place to stay. You know what right. I'm saying? And I said, 
this doesn't make sense to me. They're out there by themselves. And I just felt this prompt in my spirit to jump out there and kind of find out and ended up being a course for my manhood. And it ended up being a course for their womenhood. So again, God has a very unorthodox way of showing us things. And it may, in my case, it was an extreme, but an extreme that made me press really hard into his voice, press me really hard into his word. That's all I had was God and these girls. You know what I'm saying? And we stuck together because we kept God's word. We stayed prayed up. We ministered to people in the homeless state in which that granted us favor to be in certain places. Sometimes people bought us rooms. In fact, it ended up putting us in a position to get an apartment, an extended state, which someone paid the rent for a year and bought me a vehicle. Mm. So again, being, being obedient, again, here it is, being obedient, being steadfast and being of stewardship over the things that God gave me put me in that position but it was again that was the difficult thing I, every day i didn't know what we were doing we had to seek god's face every day to see what we were doing and that's what would happen you know i think that that's another profound thing about stepping out is that god knows exactly sometimes we're carrying baggage from our past that doesn't serve our future And God will send us on a course and on that course to taking us to our purpose, he will also dig out the things of our past or of our flesh that don't serve us well. And and it's all a part of the process for breakthrough because what really produces the breakthrough is, is once your heart is postured to receive and be a steward over the increase. So basically what you receive after you, you get to the breakthrough. And so God will send us on a course that will dig out our past hurts, our past pains. And sometimes he'll expose us to those things just so he can push us into a place of healing. Because there are some places that God desires to take us where those things are going to be a disservice to us and are going to hinder us from going to the next level. And so again, it's about surrender and it's about trust in knowing that God knows best and knowing that no matter what it looks like, God has still got you. No matter how hard it looks. I like to say this all the time that hardship is oftentimes a mirage of the enemy because the enemy would like to make you think that you're losing. But really what God is doing is God is taking you on a course to push you to trust him and have faith in him more. And as soon as you make the decision to trust him and to have faith in him, then he begins to show you his hand. So he'll hide his hand from you. He'll hide his play, what what his next play is for your life from you Mm -hmm. just to push you to believe in him in a greater way, to trust in him in a greater way. And I'm going to tell you, I've seen God send provision in some crazy ways, like (laughs) in, in some ways where I'm just like, God, that's almost like money just fell out of the sky. It's like. I would get phone calls from random people saying, hey, God told me to pay this bill for you or you know what I mean? And and God can do it in that way. He's a limitless God. He can do the impossible. But oftentimes we we put him into this box to believe that I can only get increase. I can only get provision in a practical way that says. I have to go to work every day and I have to earn this certain amount of money. And I, I, if I want more, I have to get a promotion and I have to do this. No, God can send you what you need 
in a supernatural way. He's a supernatural God. If he operated in the natural, it wouldn't be supernatural. So Coleman, I appreciate you coming on. Your story is an inspiration. Continue to share it. And I'm going to try to bring Marcus Green on, my husband. <laughs> so I'm going to log you off. So the next person that I'm going to bring on is my husband, my partner in crime, my spiritual partner, my best friend, my boo. (laughs) Um, And he's going to come on and give his testimony about how he came into a greater level of surrender um, to God and how he saw it show up in his life in such a profound way in such a short period of time. But just before we do that, I just want to continue to encourage you guys that as you continue in your faith walk and your journey, just continue to trust God in a way that maybe you haven't done before. Give him a little bit more string, a little bit more leeway to do in your life what he wants to do and allow him to show you the cards. So, you know, he won't. He's not going to put you in any position that is not going to be favorable for you. It might look scary in the moment. It might look hard in the moment. But ultimately, what's going to happen is it's going to work out in your favor and it's going to prosper you and it's going to increase you in in what you need and what you need to do and whatever you've been praying for. So I'm going to actually move out of the way so my husband can talk to you. I want you to just... Tell a little bit about your story and about your surrender and your obedience to God and how you've seen God move in your life. Well, tell a little bit about my, my background as far as church goes. I wasn't, like kind of like a lot of men, I wasn't a church goer. When my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, when she would go to church, I would just stay home, probably just get ready for Sunday football or whatever else. So I would not go to church until, you know, she kept, she was like, come on, come on, come on. I was like, maybe, you know, maybe next Sunday. And then one Sunday, I just went and got to church and I was like, all right, this is cool. This is cool. And then I went back again the following Sunday. And one of the things that I really appreciated about the church in general was the people in there, the type of church it was. Um, and the pastor. A lot of times people go to church just for, just for the pastor. But I thought the atmosphere in the church was really, really cool. I always tell people this about this church, if anybody ever asks me, is that when people say things like, come as you are, that really means come as you are spiritually too as well. Uh, so that was one of the things at the time I didn't know, but come to later find out that was one of the things that, that made me gravitate towards this particular church. And so I think I've been there for maybe like a year and a half or so. And, you know, I'm just I'm just there just kind of helping out where I can. If the pastor needs me to do anything, I'll I'll try to do it. Um, but I was just basically just there, just sitting, you know, sitting down, not really as involved as I could be. <clears throat> and then pastor started talking about people wanting to get baptized. Now, I'd never been baptized in my life. Uh, not that I can remember at any point in time in my life. And so I was like, you know. You always hear about that call to come up to anybody wants to. And I'd be like, no, not this time. <laughs> Next time, though. Next time I got you, I got you. Um, and so this time I was like, it's my time. And I remember the date. It was actually the date I got baptized was December 10th, 2017. I didn't even tell my wife at the time. 
I just actually talked to the pastor. And then, like, a couple of days, like, before, she was like, oh, you get baptized? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that took her by a little bit of, of a surprise. Um, so that day came, and I always tell the story about it. My wife actually got me a, a baptism outfit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was fresh. I ain't going to lie to you. I was, probably, I was probably one of the freshest people out there to get baptized. And so, I like, I always tell the story about I didn't know how I would feel once I was there. I Was I not going to have any emotion? Was I just going to be, you know, that guy just like, all right, man, hurry up, get this thing on over with. Um, I didn't know if, if if something would click something or any of those things. And so I was just, you know, taking in the moment. It's, it's almost like you're getting, like I always, like I, I kind of look back on it and think I was like getting ready for like a, like a game, your focus on, on, on a lot of stuff. And I didn't really know how to feel emotionally. And then as I got down there and I got to the point where I, I'm in the water and the pastors started saying words and it was a song. I'm, I'm like music for me, take me to an, another level, you know, emotionally and spiritually. So for me, the song that was, that was playing, I just, I just couldn't help myself. Like I was bawling, like, <laughs> and for like, whole time the pastor's talking and I'm like I'm bawling I don't care who sees me bawling I don't know if anybody did or not I won't worry about that and so I've actually got an opportunity to kind of look back on a lot of stuff and see exactly what he was saying and he was saying that how like in the next three months we weren't married yet we weren't even engaged yet at that time in the next three months your life is going to change dramatically you know how people sometimes you hear people say stuff not that I didn't believe him, you know what I mean, at that time, but just from an outside perspective of somebody looking in, saying, thinking people just say stuff. And so, all right, I've got baptized. I'm here. I feel different on the inside, you know. I feel different spiritually. And I didn't know how to put my finger on it definitely at the time. Afterwards, I remember going out to eat and just feeling different. And then those three things that, he, three things that are supposed to change, are supposed to talk about, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And so, remember, this is December 10th, 2017. And then I was debating on, you know, what every man does. Like when, you, when you're you about to propose to, you, to, your, to, to your wife or your girlfriend. I don't know if I got the money for what I really want to get a dog. I want to get that, you know, that 24 carat. I want to get a that dog. But, you know. And so, I went to the store. And I said, I'm not going to be able to get her anything nice that I want to get her. And so, I was there. And I said a prayer in the car, and I, I said, God, if this is really what you want me to do, then when I go in here, something is going to happen, something's going to change. And so, went to the store, talked to a lady a little bit. I was a little bit shaky, I was a little bit scared, because I thought she was going to be like, hey, well, you need to get up out of here, you know you ain't got no money. <laughs> um, and so, went to the store, and she said, okay, I got you, come in here. She filled out paperwork. And the first ring that I picked out, I was like, oh, I mean, that's all right. That's good. That's good. You know, that's right in my, 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 you know, my price range or whatnot. But she said, I got something else for you. And she showed me another ring that looked a lot bigger. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's the one. And, and she was like, um, so I, I asked her, I was like, uh, do you think, which one do you think she'll like better? Definitely this one. <laughs> And so I ended up getting that ring, and I remember I text I text my people. I was like, "Look, bro, it's about to go down." 
at this point in time. So I hit all my people up and I had it and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know when I'm going to do it, but at some point this is going to happen. And so I remember um, her birthday is December 22nd. And so I'm sure she was like, oh, it's about to go down this <laughs> night, right? But I wanted to do it. We Well, the first time I met her family was like on Easter. And so like a whole lot of the family was there. This wasn't very long after we were dating. And I felt like I wanted to do it again and semi that atmosphere. And so I knew at the time on Christmas, it's going to be a lot of people at her house. Um, and so I said, hey, I'm going to do it then. I told my mom, I told my dad. My mom said, you better not do nothing until I get there because <laughs> I want to see it all. Um, and so once I was I was there, and I was, <laughs> of course, I was nervous. Fellas, you know, we, we nervous. My palms sweating, everything sweating. I don't know when, when and how I'm going to do it. And so, <laughs> and so, I am getting nervous, and I pick. I, I figure out what's the best time for me to go ahead and do it. Um, and so I pick right after prayer. And so I finally propose to her. And remember, this is this timeline. This is still in December. Um, and so I propose. Of course, she said yes. Of course, we'll be married. And so. In that time frame, we're trying to think, like, most people, you plan a wedding, right? You plan a wedding maybe like a year in, year out or something like that after you get engaged. And so I went somewhere to go to a 5K. I went to that 5K, and I parked in the parking spot. Didn't pay it any attention. The number was the number 33. I didn't pay it any attention at the time. I went to a second parking lot because something was, we had an issue with that parking lot. And that second parking lot was a number 33 as well. I parked in that same same number um, of that parking lot. And so I was like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. So after the 5K, I came back home. And when I got home on a piece of paper, there was a number on that piece of paper. And the number was number 33. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what's, what's really going on? So there's somebody trying to tell me something uh, about those numbers. And so we decided that it's going to be crazy. We don't know how it's going to happen. But if God is, if it's intended for God for, for God to make it happen, it will happen. And so we picked a day. Remember, I proposed to her on December 25th, Christmas. We were going to get married the following March. March 3rd. March 3rd. 3-3. 3-3. And so we decided we're going to get married that day. And I'm sure like most people think about like, if you're going to get married that day, you might as well just go ahead and elope, right? Because that's a lot to do and a lot to plan in that time, in that time frame. All right. So we set our wedding date. January rolls around. Um, I have a nonprofit that's dedicated towards fathers. And uh, people had always told me about how to kind of get the 501c3, um, that it would probably take a little bit of time. And so for me, I'm like, all right, that's going to be on down the road. I'll just submit paperwork and whatever, whatever. At, at first, because I did it all myself, so I was kind of like, I'm probably, you know, I didn't, you know, dot all my I's and cross all my T's. I just figured, hey, you know, whatever, if it comes back, I just have to submit it again, because I don't think I did it correctly. I submitted it in December, got it back in January. And so that's another one of those events that, that kind of happened for me at the time period. Within so I got the three month period. Within the three month time period. I got my 501C for my nonprofit organization. How are we going to make this wedding happen? Like we, we, we didn't got, make, we didn't make it happen. God, God <laughs> right, made that thing happen. Right. We got no money. <laughs> <laughs> we like, 
we're gonna make this happen. And, and then the wedding rolls around, and and every you know, it's hard to I don't you know for, for the married people out there, it's hard to identify if your wedding is is a great wedding or any of those other things. But from everything, from all account, what people say the wedding was a really great event. It was beautiful from everyone else's account. And so the reason why I want to kind of give you guys a semi-testimony about that right there is that all those times we had been together for like, what, six years? Six years at that point in time. And, you know, it's always like, of course, she's always like, hey, when this guy going to do what he needs to do, right? <laughs> and so it took me a while, but it took me a while to grow spiritually to as well. Because I don't know if I would have been ready at any point in time uh, in my life before that time period. And so once I think I... Once I had myself aligned where I can grow spiritually, I believe that's when God made a lot of things happen in the time frame that it did too. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't believe if you, if you'd have told me even in July of that year, like, hey, you're gonna propose, I'm gonna get your nonprofit si- situated, and you're gonna get married within that time frame, I'd be like, nah, bro, we cool. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And so I really believe that you know, just just for the fellas out there, I, I really believe that you know, that it's our time really to, to get our spirits aligned, to walk with God as we should. And so for me, I'm still on my journey. I'm still learning a lot of things as I go. Um, so I'm just here giving a little bit about my story. Thank you guys for listening to me, listening to me ramble a little bit. Um, (laughs) I'm going to tag on to what, to what he was talking about in regards to our wedding, because Everything about that wedding was 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 supernatural in how it happened because even before he proposed, God had told me to plan a wedding. Uh, God told me to plan. I I started planning the wedding in August and he had no idea that I was planning a wedding. You know, a lot of y'all are like, how in the world did y'all pull off a wedding within essentially two months? Right. Well, because God told me to plan the wedding. So. We proposed, I already had a venue. I had a dress hanging in the closet. I had invitations sitting in the closet. I had jewelry. I had my daughter's flower girl dress because the thing about God is it might sound crazy, but when you trust him and you move in faith, even the crazy thing is setting you up for what is to come. So be obedient because let let me tell you, it was plenty of people that thought I was crazy when I said, yeah, I got my wedding dress. Yep, I went to the bridal shop. I bought that thing. And guys, even even that was supernatural. I didn't have the provision to buy that dress. I didn't even, I went to the bridal shop with a friend who I was going to help to try on dresses with her. And she made me try on dresses. And I walked out of the store with a dress that day. I didn't plan to buy no dress. God had his hand in everything that I did and he was instructing me every single step of the way because he knew he wanted us to get married on March 3rd. And I can guarantee you there's no way if I hadn't been obedient to what he was telling me to do that we would have been able to pull that wedding off in the time that we did. We would have been crazy. So it's just a testimony again to show you that even though some of the things that God might lead you to do seem unorthodox. They seem a little nutty. People might look at you crazy, but at the end of the day, God is setting you up for what he wants you to walk into. And so your level of faith has to precede what you see. 
Um, and so you have to trust him enough to step into the place of obedience to say, God, I trust you. I trust what you're telling me to do. I trust what you're showing me. And I'm going to walk in it because I believe that you're going to answer this prayer that I've had. I believe that you're going to take me into what I've been asking you for. I believe that you're going to take me to the next level. And the only way that 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 can happen, though, is if you obey what he's trying to show you to do. You have to move in a greater level of faith. And sometimes it requires you to just take a leap. You know, faith is not a, a thing that you can you you can see down the road. It, it requires blind faith and you might be blind. God might completely not show you what the next step is. He might just say, hey, go here, do this and trust me. But what you'll find that if you are obedient, it's going to lead to an increase for you. So that's our collective testimony. You guys just be encouraged and, and trust God. Make that your new year's resolution. Trust God at a new level in 2019. Because as you trust God at a new level, God is going to take you to a new level. So the last person that I want to bring on tonight is my pastor, Jonathan Richardson. He is the pastor of Faith Forward Church in Marietta, Georgia. And just to give you a little bit of background on him, he planted that church from the ground up. It's about four years old now. And just to give you a little bit of background about mine and his relationship, we've known each other for a while, about 15 years. And I grew up Baptist. I've been in the Baptist church my entire life. And before I came to Faith Forward Church, I did not know much about the spiritual gifts. Gifts like speaking in tongues, gifts like prophecy, gifts like discerning spirits. And when I went to Faith Forward, he opened up the spirit in a new way to me. And, and it let me know more about what was possible and what was available in regard to gifts of the spirit. So before I came to that church, I thought that the spiritual gifts were not attainable by everyone. I thought either you had the gift or you didn't. Like, you know, either you have a talent for singing or you have a gift for leading worship or you don't. And so I began to learn that the gifts were available to anyone who seeks God in a way to attain those gifts. And so that began my spiritual journey of growth and stepping into prophetic gifts and gift of discerning spirits and gift of tongues. And so it began to open me up into more of the realm of the spirit, which led me to you guys to start this podcast and just to share the things that I've learned in my spiritual growth and my spiritual journey with you. And also it's propelled me into understanding my purpose in a greater way. So stay tuned to hear from my pastor, Jonathan Richardson. Yeah, well, first of all, y'all like, y'all about like my favorite people right now. I'm telling you, something right. But thank you, Marcus and Faith. It means a lot. I'm going to try to give you the short version, but I was been Baptist kind of born and bred, right? And I always had a different kind of edge to my ministry. Even in hindsight, I, I remember I would have to teach like a young adult Bible study when I was a youth and young adult pastor. But I, I saw prophesying. I didn't realize I was prophesying, but that's what I would be doing. Like I'd be, say, 
yeah, you're going to this happening. This is going to this happen. Come on, declare this by faith, you know. And it was kind of weird because I didn't feel like, I felt like a square peg, like in a round hole kind of thing. And, you know, from serving in ministry and like being licensed and things, I was sent or rather kind of introduced to another pastor who I refer to as my pastor, Bishop Fred Nog. He's from uh, Liberia, West Africa. And he just had a different charismatic grace on his life. And from hanging around him, so many things that were on his life kind of just came to my life. But I make this story kind of, you know, transparent that before I even met him, I received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues by myself in my house, on my den. I don't know what it was, but I just remember going through a very heavy season. I was carrying a lot of weight emotionally uh, in my spirit, I guess. And I was just on my, my den floor praying. And the next thing I know, another language came from in my prayer time. It was very, very fluent. I mean, it was it was just like something took control of my mouth and my tongue. And I was, it felt like I was really speaking another language. And that happened like initially on like two or three other occasions. And I remember being around some of my family when it happened. They were like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Just a, a, a release in my soul. But it was in, it was that moment I knew I couldn't go back, you know? that I could no longer doubt the presence of the Holy Spirit through the gift, especially the gift of speaking in tongues. And I say there's no one way to receive the gift of the Spirit, but nobody touched me, nobody laid hands on me, nobody put oil on me. I was by myself, and it was just from worship and surrender to God. And to that point, Faith, I have found that my gifts flow through a lifestyle of uh, the Spirit of the Lord ministered to me even this week and said, your gift works for your consecration. You know, that's why I never knew why fasting was such a lifestyle. You know, it, it makes sense in hindsight now that God was trying to introduce me to something that my ministry needed to happen. And it's just a part of my spiritual discipline, but I realize that that is the, that is the posture of surrender for me. Everybody mm -hmm. That is the process of surrender for me by which my gifts flow, by which I am able to be used however God desires to use. But that my brief experience, I would just tell someone that if you want God to use you in a greater way, surrender to his will and allow, don't allow your past experience to limit a big God. And, 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 and here's the other point. Step into an atmosphere where those things are flowing in the because a lot of what you will experience will come through being in the atmosphere where those things are taking place. Uh, you would be surprised at what would will organically rub off on your life. Put yourself around leaders that have the grace that you are praying, you know, that God share with you. You know, put yourself around people that are flowing in things you want to flow in, you you will become what you are exposed to. So, yeah, that's just my, my quick, quick, quick spill on that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just thankful to be on Well, we appreciate you coming on, and you know you've always got something insightful to add to the conversation. 
so it's always a blessing to hear what you have to say and your perspective on the things of the spirit and relationship with God and how to build that. Yeah, glad to do it. So y'all keep doing what you're doing, all right? I just want to expound on what he said real quick and then we're going to kind of wrap it up. You know, as we were talking about the spiritual gifts, there's gifts that are available to you. Prophecy, you know, speaking in tongues, gifts of faith, gifts of discernment, and you can operate in all of those gifts and they will increase your life. Spiritual increase brings practical increase. It's, it's a natural flow of how God operates. So the more that you seek God, the more that you allow him to operate in your life, the closer that you uh, that your relationship is to him. Naturally, he increases your practical life because the word says, seek ye first the kingdom and all these things shall be given unto you. And so if you seek him, he's going to provide everything else that you need. So if it increases what you desire, then the place that you need to start in increasing is your relationship with God. Increase that and then automatically it, the increase in your practical life, it comes along with your spiritual increase because your, your increase in your relationship with God also brings an increase in your faith and, you, and an increase in your faith brings an increase in, in your belief of what is possible for your life, in your belief of, of what, what God can do for you, what's attainable for you. And, and so when you restore the order to your life of putting God first and seeking him first, then you become eligible for the promises of God, which are prosperity, increase, greater levels of access. And, and elevation, those kinds of things are the promises, but you first have to restore the order in by putting God first in your life. And the more that you seek him, the more that he will reveal himself to you and he will give you instruction and strategy on how you can see increase in your life. So if you're in a, I say this all the time, if you're in a job that you hate, that you're doing something that you don't feel passionate about, you feel like there's something greater for you, then you're probably living below your purpose. And you need to seek God for what it is that he wants you to do with your life. You need to seek God to ask him to show you, God, how do I get to a space where I've I, my life looks more like I desire it to look like, where I can attain the desires of my heart? It's not God's will for you to work that dead-end job for the rest of your life. That's not what he wants for you. You know, and, and, and he has a purpose for you. You just have to take the time to seek him to find what it is. And you also have to be willing to submit to what he's showing you about how you attain the desires of your heart. You have to be obedient to what he's telling you to do. Because, you know, when, when you're not ready to respond, God responds at the rate that you respond. You know, I tell people all the time that sometimes the process to breakthrough is like a course that you will take, like a class, right? That there's lessons that God wants to teach you to posture your heart in a way that he needs you to be postured to receive the increase that he wants to give you. And so your response dictates how quickly God responds. So you can choose to take the remedial course 
and continue the cycles of life that you've been in. You can continue to make the same decisions that you've been making and you can continue to stay, stay in the same place. And it'll take you a long time to respond to what God is trying to show you. So you'll be in the remedial course. It'll take you a longer time to cover the content and learn the lessons that God wants you to learn. Or you can choose to take the AP course and decide you're going to respond and be obedient to God quickly so that God can respond to you quickly. It's all about, you know, a decision to surrender. So I just wanted to take a moment to, you know, encourage you guys and also to share some real stories of what I'm talking about on the podcast to show you that if you move in these things, it will pan out for you. God is going to show up for you if you just be obedient, if you just trust him. And I can tell you, it's, it's a struggle in the beginning. You're going to wrestle back and forth with it. You're going to be like, God, now this don't even make no sense. God, you want me to do what? God, now how am I going to pay my bills? God, how is this going to happen? God, how is that going to happen? Now, I'm telling you, I wrestled with it plenty. I was like, God, I'm cra-. God sent a whole bunch of people to tell me I wasn't crazy. I got that word over and over again. Random people, random people, prophets, other people would just, I would see random things on my timeline that said, you're not crazy. You just have faith because there were plenty of days where I was like, this is crazy. Nobody else is doing this. People I know ain't doing this. I'm just crazy. And so what I'm telling you is that you're not crazy. And it doesn't matter what the people around you say. They might not understand how you move in faith. And they might not have seen what God showed you, but you have to trust that what God showed you is for you and you have to move in it because you might be the person to deliver those other people into a greater level of faith just by moving in your faith. Increase is yours if you decide to claim it. You know, in the last podcast, I said increase is imminent. That means it has to happen if you choose to decide to put your life in God's hands. Because when you put it in God's hands, it's God. He's a limitless God. It has to grow because it's in God's hands. And because of who God is, what you put in God's hands must increase. It must operate at a high level because it's God. When you keep it in your hands, you're subject only to what your hands can produce. So you have to decide, do I want limitless increase or do I want to be subject to the glass ceiling of only what my hands can produce? So. It's decision time. It's the beginning of the year. It's a year that you need to make a resolution to have a greater level of surrender in God so that God can take your life to a new level in 2019. Increase is imminent. You have to decide if you want the imminent increase. And so my prayer is that you guys will seek God in a new way this year and that you will allow him to show you how to get to your increase. Well, guys, I pray that tonight's session blessed your life. I pray that you took away something that you can now take and apply to your own personal situation. If you are interested in learning more about spiritual gifts, my pastor, Jonathan Richardson, does a prophetic focus session. You can reach out to him at jonathanrichardson.org. He also does a faith academy school of spiritual gifts 
uh, where he teaches about the spiritual gifts and how to operate in them. So if that's something that you're interested in, you can go to his website and get more information about that. My husband, also, you heard him mention about his nonprofit. He does have a nonprofit geared towards fathers and men, and it's called Fathers Among Men. If you're interested in finding out more about that, you can visit his website at fathersamongmen.org. Org. And also, as uh, you heard today, I do go live from Facebook sometimes. And if you're interested in following those live videos, you can follow me on Facebook at Faith Cawthon Green. Well, that wraps our session for today. I just want to thank you for taking the time to tune in. I'm so humbled and grateful for the privilege of being used as a vessel by God And I pray that you have been blessed by the content of this podcast. If you have questions or comments about today's session, please leave a voice recording on the podcast page and I will respond to you. You can also email me at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. If you are led, you can sow into the ministry at Cash App, dollar sign, Collective Live. And you can find the ministry on Facebook at Collective Live Worship. Remember, You are a spiritual warrior with God-given power and authority. Walk in it. I'm praying for your breakthrough, increase, and abundance. Have a spirit-filled week and tune in next Wednesday. Love you all. Be blessed.